One thing at a time. Our first priority is to tend to those burns. I think you've had enough excitement for one night. She gave Cassie's shoulder a quick, loving squeeze, and then she ushered the book out of sight. When she returned with an armful of gauze and ointment, Cassie's mind was racing with new questions and concern for her friends who'd been marked by the hunters. Faye's and Laurel's lives might depend on me opening that book, Cassie said. I have to try again. Her mother sat beside her looking forlorn. Faye and Laurel are in grave danger. She reached for Cassie's hands and began dressing the wounds. But there are two steps to the process of witch hunters killing a witch. They catch you doing magic and you're marked, and only then can they perform the killing curse. If we can stop the hunters from performing the second step, your friends will be okay. The killing curse. Cassie remembered the hunter Mark, the aftermath of the curse on Melanie's Aunt Constance's forehead the day she died. The circle hadn't even known the hunters had marked her, until it was too late. Why don't the hunters just perform the killing curse immediately after marking someone? Cassie asked. Why wait? Because it takes just one hunter to mark someone, but the killing curse requires several of them. Cassie's mother wrapped the burns quickly and efficiently, like a battlefield nurse. It's a process much like a spell, so it can't just happen at any moment. Cassie winced as the harsh gauze touched her raw skin. So Faye and Laurel will need to be protected, her mother said. But tonight... The only thing for you to do is rest. Cassie nodded. She still had so many questions, but the pain was making her weary. She moved to the comfort of her own bed and felt her eyes grow heavy. She allowed them to close as sleep overtook her. But even in the soft dark of her own eyelids, Cassie could see the glowing outline of her father's book shining against the black. The next morning, Cassie's mind was still running in circles while she waited on her front porch for Adam to pick her up for school. She tried to relax, to admire the sun glinting red off the windows of each house on the bluff, but there was too much to be anxious about. In the past week, Cassie had learned that her half-sister wanted to kill her and take over the circle, and she'd nearly succeeded. They'd had a confrontation in Cape Cod, and Cassie had chased Scarlet away, but she'd escaped with the master tools. And if that weren't enough, there was also the issue of the hunters. The circle was now sure that Max and his father, Principal Boylan, were witch hunters. They'd already marked Laurel and Faye with the hunter symbol, and it was possible they knew the identities of all the circle members. Cassie looked down at the gray paint peeling off the front porch. This old house, she thought. This antiquated town. There was no escaping its ancient history. It was a sunny, windless day, but how could Cassie enjoy it? She pulled the sleeves of her purple hoodie down over her hands to cover her burns. She would have disappeared entirely into its soft cotton if she could. And then she heard something a rustling in the bushes. 
It's just the breeze, she told herself, but not a single blade of grass stirred. There was the crunching of leaves. It was coming from her left, along the row of shrubs that lined the path to the house's side door, an opportune place for an intruder to break in, or for Scarlet to sneak her way into Cassie's home. Treading lightly across the rickety wooden porch, Cassie stepped closer to the sound. The shrubs moved again. This time she saw it with her own eyes, and she screamed, Scarlet! An orange tabby cat shot out from the wavering hedge, zipping past Cassie and up a neighbor's tree. The cat's prey was left behind in the uncut grass. A sorry-looking field mouse. Cassie exhaled. She would have laughed out loud at herself if she weren't so embarrassed. She walked back around to the front porch just as Adam pulled up to the...